0: Phil, how are we doing? I'm so good. I was just telling... Hey, everybody. This is so sweet to be back. Um, I've been here a few times before, but it's been some time. But the last uh, week, I got to... We, we hang out with the Leskos, but we got to bring up my whole family. I've got four kids. So my wife and my three girls, and my boy, have been up here the last five nights. And you, y'all, I was just telling Levi and Jenny, um, y- you live in such an obviously beautiful place. For, so first of all, we love Montana. We feel like we, you, you get you get... When you fly up here, you're used to it, but you get this fresh visual of God's power and goodness. And it's been this refreshing thing for our family. I don't even think that me and my wife realized we needed of just like quieting our souls and quieting our spirits, being able to pray together and be together and be with our family. So thank you so much even for having us. And also what an incredible set of Pat the Luscos. You guys are so, aren't you so blessed to have Levi and Jenny Goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, I'm no. going to keep, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take much time. They, they, I, just, just by being around them, we feel like we've gone a little bit through therapy, just in the best way, just, just out how It's always, our conversation turns to Jesus, and we end up talking about Jesus, and, and I'm leaving just with a fresh vision. I'm going to cry right now. I feel so blessed. I'm a fresh vision of God's goodness in my life, so thank you all. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Phil, it's really true. And I was, I was going to say it in your introduction, but I figured we'd just talk about it. You have, okay, I mean, you and I have been friends, I counted, for 22 years. That's when we first a long met. long time. We've been friends for minute. In fact, I Ever dug since up. since
0: we were like two I three. dug. <laughs> yeah. That's always the joke, I right? dug
1: up a photo. I think we have it. Look at that. It's Phil and I. Oh, they're in, look at us. Bring the bangs back. I mean, that's good. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. That was 2011. I spared them the 2009 photo I you found. You shouldn't yeah.
0: have. You should have done it. I was too. I, thought they were fa- I was, throw it up.
1: No, no. I. I and was. Here it is. I was. No, stop. No no, no, no. I was too fat. I was too fat. Okay. Um, but we met. We met right after high school. I was in Bible college. I think you were still in high school. And and um, and and just it's been so fun to. To, to track with each other and to be encouraged, watching God just breathe on your ministry and the songs. And, and then we've intersected in such spectacular ways uh, that, that have meant a lot to me personally. I know this. Um, you came out to Fresh Life one year in. We were on our, our, basically our one year kind of like excitement. Uh, and the next day, I broke my femur. So I remember. Tomorrow, we're going to be very alert, high alert. Uh, but then you can came- No snowmobiles. Luckily, that's not an option at the moment. We're in the middle of a heat wave at this second. But then, of course, you were back. Uh, you were back when we did a big Easter thing one year. You were back. Um, I remember right after Linnea went to heaven, you came back. Um, and that, of course, connects because you and Mallory were connected and watching Linnea's Memorial of Life. And then I remember you wrote that song, Tears of Joy, that was on your Ascension record the day after. and. Livy and I were listening to that song today and just remarking how special that is. And your song, uh, Your Beautiful Messiah, really helped carry me through that. Has anybody heard that song? That sucker is beautiful. Um, for the rest of you, you need to, because it's just beautiful. The language that you have in there about arriving on eternity's shore, where death is just a memory and tears are no more. I just want to say on behalf of all those who have grieved and held on to God because of your music, thank you. That's, that means a lot to all of us. That means so thank much. You. Um, yeah, anyhow, I could go on and on and on, but you and Mallory have meant a lot to us. Our kids have just meshed in a really fun way. You're such an intentional father. Uh, your wife is extraordinary, and uh, we've, we've loved having you out here. And we have a purpose today. We, do. we have a purpose, and that purpose is to come around uh, books that we think are awesome. And that's our goal in this series, and I have a copy here of On Our Knees,
0: which you have as well, uh, yeah, I, can I say something funny I and mean, you guys probably won't think it's funny, but I brought a copy of on our knees too, just to kind of brush up, remember all the moments, you know, see and uh, and I opened it up um, this morning, actually, and it's like to Grandma Patty, happy birthday. <laughs> I hope this book is a blessing to you, <laughs> so this was supposed to go to Grandma Patty a year ago, and uh, and I have it still, so that's just that's my that's my my personality in a nutshell, right there.
1: Grandma Patty, if you're watching, we're I'm sorry. Your sorry. Yes, birthday you a- <laughs> present is coming, Grandma Patty. <laughs> we're, we're sending you a copy of Last Supper on the Mood immediately. It's coming your way. We're going to get it out there. Um, Phil, this is a great book.
0: Thank you for saying that. I really mean I that. Honestly, you guys, I, I can't believe that I am holding a book that says my name as the author. I can't believe we're talking about it. If you, Two years ago, if you'd have told me that I'd even put a book out, I'd laugh, probably laugh at you because I struggle with. So on a, if you were to write lyrics this size of a song I write, like on a piece of paper, you'd get about a, a third of one page, you know? And that's what I've been doing the last 23 years is I write this much on one subject just to kind of drive it home in, to melody. And, uh, and so anytime someone asked me about writing a book, it just felt like this big daunting task that people smart like Levi do, you know? And, uh, and, and I, I had... Well, I, I don't know if you want to ask more questions. I'm going to start talking too much, so please stop me.
1: You can't talk too much. You're talking about this book. This okay. Is, well, is let me just a for. little bit
0: of the, why it exists. Um, like kind of the nutshell version is uh, I wrote the song "Battle Belongs," and uh, heard of it. And yeah, and it's it's this um, fight in the in the battle song, and it's a faith song. It's a, and the chorus says, "When I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, and I'll sing to the night." Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And, uh, and it came from this story in the Old Testament where the people of God, the Israelites, the people of Judah, um, had just gotten word that this huge army of various nations have gathered together to march against the city, march against the people of God. And the king of that moment, the king of the, of the moment of Israel was Jehoshaphat, 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 whatever you want to say. Um, and, uh, and he gets word that there is like a hundred to one odds coming their way. They are surely going to die if, if God does not intervene, they have, they have no defense against such a multitude, such an army. And, uh, and so Jehoshaphat does what he knows his forefathers have done. He, comes to, he goes to the temple. He comes before God, and he just pleads to God to be faithful to his promises. God, you said you'd save. God, you've delivered in the past. God, we need you to deliver now. If you are not with us, we will surely die is kind of how the prayer ends. We're waiting on you. And then God speaks to this Levite man. Um, and within all the nation comes this Levite man, and the Levite man says, in front of all the people, I, I've had this word from the Lord. I've um, I've been given a word and it's for us. It's a promise. And so they bring him in front of everybody. And in front of everybody, this Levite man says, S- thus says the Lord, today we will not have to fight in this battle. And in my mind, I'm such a visual person. I, I envision him pointing to a cloud of dust being kicked up by a by hundred thousand horses and chariots and people. And they're, they're looking at their you know, the, the 10, to, 10 to 1, 100 to 1 odds right here, but we will not have to fight in this battle. God is calling us just to stay in our area, to stand firm in faith, and we're gonna see the salvation of the Lord on our behalf today. And and that's an amazing promise, right? And 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 we know now, knowing Jesus, that he always wins his battles, but in the moment, like a promise is just a promise, right? It's only as good as the person who gives it. It's, it hasn't come to pass yet. Um, and I love this story uh, because it's one of, one of the only stories where God's people 100% lean into God's promises and trust it. Um, and and I, I don't say that like, with, a, with, a, with a critical eye. I say that with a relatable eye, you know, to like, f- see these people and be able to look across this wilderness and see the army. I mean, I would have I heard that promise and said, okay, God says he's going to fight for us, so let's do our work first, you know. I would have sent out my army. If I was king, I'd be like, okay, God says we don't have to fight, but let's at least get ready Aren't all our biggest, buffest guys that know how to fight, you go to the front lines. All the women and children hide in the back, you know. Um, but it's so amazing because Jehoshaphat says, okay, God says we don't have to fight. And so instead of fighting, um, we're going to worship, and we're going to praise him. We're going to pray. And so they send out uh, the priests and the worship leaders to the front lines and just say, sing, sing to God. As the army, so as the army is coming, the priests, in, in array as if they're going to be in the Holy of Holies, go to the front lines, like people are coming to chop off their heads, and they're in the front lines, and even the song they sing is crazy, you guys, Um, because if I was in the front lines, if they said, worship leaders, go, because that army's coming, first of all, I'd be very, very, you don't want this, I'm not a Marine by any means, Um, (laughs) uh, and, uh, but I'd be, I'd start singing, I'd write a song really quick about how my God is going to throw a lightning bolt in your face, so you better run away, (laughs) you know, but even their song is in the midst of the battle, glory to God, for his steadfast love endures forever. I mean, can you imagine singing that in the face of, sure, what, what anybody, anybody looking with our earthly eyes would see it, as this is certain death. Glory to God in the middle of the battle, for your love endures forever. And what's beautiful is that God is faithful to his promise, and, and the people of, the, the people of uh, God are, are kind of... Um, not that it was a bargain, but kind of come up to their end of the bargain and just live and, and live in the promise and live in faith. And God thwarts that army, and the army is dispersed, and they, they're chaos, and they turn on each other, and not one Israelite is, is not one hair in on their head is cut. You know, this is this beautiful, um, it's this beautiful story of God's grace and God's provision and God's promises and God's power. Um, but what I really see, and I'm, this is all getting to this, sorry. This is all, But um, I really see is, um, I see When I see myself in that story, when I see us in that story, because uh, I can't relate, and you can't probably relate, maybe some of you can, uh, to a, a giant army coming, coming at you 101 odds, you know. But we can relate to even a bigger enemy. We can relate to an even bigger battle. Worse odds than that. Um, literally zero to a million, you know. Um, zero to seven billion. Uh, everybody helpless against sin and death. And yet Jesus in his great love, God in his great love yeah. came to us and he gives us the same promise in a huge way to each one of our hearts. Um, today, looking, pointing at your shame and your sin and the grave, today you don't have to fight in this battle. Never more you will have to fight in this battle. Stand aside and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. And, and we know, amen, and we, and we know the name of his salvation. His name is Jesus and so we can live in that victory we, and I stand in that victory, and so I wrote this song, Battle Belongs, out of this whole, like, my favorite story in the Old Testament, worship as a weapon, yeah. G- Jesus won the victory, I wrote the song, Battle Belongs, and I started singing it, and I released it in 2020, it seemed like a lot of people found a battle to sing into in that year, and, and, the years, and, and which was beautiful to see, and then I was re- seeing all these stories of God um, using it, not just to lead people in worship in the battle, but I was seeing story after story after story, we prayed we, we, we sang this song over and over and prayed in the hospital room and we saw God heal. We sang the song over and over, and we prayed by the graveside, and we saw peace come. We sang over and over, and, and I was so blessed and so moved. But then, as I, as the country started opening up and I was in rooms with people, um, I was even more so realizing God was really using this song in a special way. It's just I would open my eyes and every hand would be lifted, and just was a moment of faith. And in all that blessing and in all that beauty, I also felt this tug on my heart of, of conviction, of sweet, kind conviction from the Holy Spirit. It's like, as I saw people's faith respond to this song, um, Phil, why are you afraid to pray in faith to me? Why are you afraid of the big prayers? Um, why, if I'm the God, who, if, this is, if this is the God who loves you and sees you like, why aren't you seeking and find me with all your heart in every way? You know, all those, not, not, um, not, uh, not, dep- not uh, what's the word? Like condemnation. Yeah, not condemnation, just like God's holy, the Holy Spirit calling me deeper and realizing like, man, I want to be a man of prayer. I want to be a man of faith. I want, I want to, I grew up all my life knowing Jesus. But if I think back, like prayer, I want prayer to be my first response to, to, to I want, you know what I mean? I don't want it to be my last resort. I want it to be my first response to, wow, our, our, fr- our friends are in the hospital. we got to pray. All the way to where are my keys, Lord? You know what I mean? I want, I want to be in contact with, I want that to be my, my relationship with Jesus. And so I started searching through the scriptures one by one, story by story. Teach me how to pray Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so this book was written not out of like, I am I'm a prayer warrior and you should follow me because I know what I'm doing. It's, it's the opposite of that. It's, I went on a journey and started writing down what God was showing me. Um, and then uh, this publisher, Caleb Books, reached out and said, do you have a book inside of you? And I said, nope, I don't write books. And then this guy who, who helped me write this book, Matt Litton, they said, can this guy, can he talk to you for a little bit? And so Matt called me, and we talked, and I shared with him that, pretty much, of our conversation. And he said, well, "Let's we, we need to write a book on prayer. And I said, I don't, I, I don't know about, much. I mean, I know about prayer, but I'm, I, I'm, growing in prayer. I haven't gotten to the place where I can write a book. He's like, no, write a story about your journey. Maybe other people want to go on the journey with you. And and so that's how this book came to be.
1: Come on. What a great story. Now, you got all the juices flowing thinking about that and I can't help but notice there's a guitar right there. I was curious if you might sing Battle Belongs. Would you guys be all right with that? Would that be... Because
0: I just feel like... You know... I'm an author now, so I don't do much singing Oh, right, right, anymore. right, right, right. <laughs> I, I forgot about that.
1: I was just thinking, it was just, just kind of that, with that in our minds, fresh in our hearts, we could all pick those battles that God has us against right yes. now and, uh, and kind of come around. There's some picks up there, too, by the way.
0: Oh, there's 100 picks right here, and I yeah. dug for the one in I my pocket. You, but
1: you know what? Maybe that's a lucky one. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, but blessed, just, blessed one, Levi. Not lucky. Blessed.
1: Jesus Juke firmly <laughs> accepted. Yeah.
0: You know it, hey, let's sing it.
2: When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see the mountain. Thank you, Jesus. And as I walk through the shadow your love surrounds me there's nothing to fear now church there's nothing to fear now for i am safe with you this is how we can fight because of jesus today come on so when i fight i'll fight on my knees with my head lifted i and oh God, the battle belongs to you in every fear I lay at your feet, and I see through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Amen. And if you for me, and if you are for me, who can be against me? Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. Thank you, God. When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. When I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted I, mean, oh God, the battle belongs to you In every fear I lay at your feet May I sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs You go be us Nothing can stand against the power of our God You shine in the shadow You win every battle Nothing can stand against the power of our God An almighty fortress You go before us Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. In every field I lay at your feet. Yeah, I see
1: Thank you. Goodness. Okay, so you write a song as much for you as for anybody. God really moves through it. You begin a journey of discovery and prayer your own self. And then God opens the door for you to learn the best way that there is by teaching as you go. And so you're basically going through the Bible, trying to understand things about prayer and see it again for the very first time. And that ends up in forty days to living boldly in prayer, which, yeah. by the way, won the Book Impact Award, uh, fan-nominated Book Impact Award this year at the Caleb Awards, which is incredible. Um, forty days. So, tell us a little bit about the process now. Yeah. Okay. So you're writing.
0: Yeah. So I've I've never written a book before. You know, I've written songs before, and so we, me, and this guy Matt Litton, over a, a two-hour conversation, who helped me write this book. He really was like, I would say he's more of a, even a coach through it than a writer because um, he's co-written probably 40 books in his life. Um, we uh, we, we came like up... The, the Miles Finch of... Yeah, uh... yeah exactly. And, uh, and so we come up with this idea, okay, it's going to be devotional. And, and I have been just going chronologically through the scriptures, just picking out stories that really spoke to me on prayer. something I wanted to pray into my life, make more a part of my prayer life, whether it's an actual prayer that Moses prayed or it's a moment where Jesus... I mean, all the way from to Jesus on the cross, uh, giving just saying, "Today you will be with me in paradise." To the thief next to him, not checking one box of holiness, one box of religion, not being in a church, but saying, "Yeah, you can be in my presence as long you came to me with a humble heart. You know who I am. You can be with me." You know, so taking every little aspect I could to apply it to prayer, I'd already kind of been doing that. Um, I had this journal um, as I was walking through it, not knowing it was going to become a book, and so. Um, I talk, so Matt's like, hey, can you read me some of your journal entries? And so I got on, I, you know, on the phone. We're talking. He's in Nashville. I'm in San Diego. And I read him the first one about how Adam and Eve were, even from the beginning, um, humanity was born to be in relationship with God, walking in the garden with God, to know him, to be naked and unashamed, not trying to hide, not trying to win his favor, um, not you know n- nothing in between. And, and just so that was the first thing, like God, like, like, I don't want anything between me and you. I want, I want to get as best as I can back to the garden. Thank you for Jesus um, that allows me to be seen in his righteousness. All those kind of prayers, you know. Um, and I, I, want, I want this kind of relationship with you to walk in the cool of the garden, to to see you as a friend and as a father, a king and as, and as someone who's right there next to me. You know, all, all of the things he is, the, the waterfall and the and the, and the glass of water, you know. Um, uh, and uh, and so that was like already in there. And he's like, "Okay, so you wrote the first one, you know?" And I'm like, "Well, it doesn't really." He's like, "He's like, can you just send it to me?" And uh and, and I'll let you, I'll show you kind of what this can be. And so I sent it to him. And the next day he sent a, a, the first excerpt of the first day, and it was all the things I'd written, but it sounded way smarter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the way it was. It was just he just kind of took uh, took it and and really zeroed in on one point and just kind of and made it into something that felt like it flowed. But I was like, hey, I wrote that, and I wrote that. So I wrote everything. He's like, S- that's how easy it can be. You just, you just talk to God. You write things down that are, that are in your heart that are blessing you, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and you send it to me, and I'll just kind of like put it in order and make it make sense and have it a flow. But this is going to be your voice and your words. And, and so when he, over that two-day period, demystified the process to me, I got really excited. And so I was finding myself on airplanes and in hotel rooms and at, at, late at night at home, just even taking notes on my phone about different passages and different scriptures. And so I probably ended up writing 60 or 70 um, different devotionals. And, and he helped me be like, you know, this, this, these are redundant. So let's take this one and leave out that one. I really like how you go this way on Jesus. and this. So he really coached me through every process, uh, every part of the process, but It went from this daunting, scary, big, wow, how can you write a book? That's a lot of words, right? To really enjoying growing in Jesus, learning more about the scripture day to day, um, going through the scripture and figuring out who he is and what this book was. And yeah,
1: I really like, um, and there's a lot of devotions out there and they're all great, but this one, um, the way you approached it was unique because you give a larger section of scripture you want us to read and then you zero in in this case, on like five verses that are all there. So no, you don't actually have to get the Bible out, but you can and read just that thing or read the larger section. Yeah, we,
0: we, that's, that was, so. Uh, you can keep doing, I interrupted you. No,
1: it's good. <laughs> I, and I, I want you to interrupt. And then you go into, that's every, every day the story. Then you have the promise, and you actually have your devotional, which you wrote. And I thought it was so cool that you wrote it mostly on your phone. Yeah. So it feels like we're getting a text message from you, and you're just encouraging us in our relationship with Jesus. I think that, that, that medium helped get through to a real personal voice that you wrote That's in. cool to hear. It's yeah.
0: interesting you say that, because ask you saying that, it reminds me. So after that first excerpt that I got back from Matt, I think like, oh, cool, I'm an author now. And, uh, and, like, I see how I'm... And, and so I started writing like I thought authors would write the next two or three days. Did you buy a pipe? Um, you, I, I, uh, I, I think yeah, I probably uh, was yeah. ima- I probably was imagining myself smoking a pipe, you know? Um, <laughs> but I... So I, li- I got out my computer, and I was writing on a computer. Uh, no joke. I was writing on the computer, and I wrote it out. Like, I think Matt's really going to like this because this is more like what he sent me. And I sent him, he's like, bro, where'd you go? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't... He's like, I don't hear you in any of these words. Like, what... The thing you sent me last time felt like you were exactly. You were texting me all these things God was showing you. And that's what this book needs to be. Um, and he's like, can you just take a picture of your journal? And I, so I sent it to him and he's like, that's what we need the book to be. Like verses that are touching. You. I would write down the verses that were really impacting me from and it. And then I would write down what I was feeling about and what God was showing me, what I want to pray. in. And then I was writing questions to myself and things like I need to be more like this. He's like, this is that that's the journal or that or that's the book. You know, you just you let people journey with you. And, and I was like, OK, it, I gotta chill out now. I gotta be more back to back to text, fill I guess I guess overthought, Phil, is lame, but text, fill is better.
1: That is so funny. Take the Tevas off. Write the yeah. book. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then you get into the promise with your devotional. Then you have a prayer that's actually language that we can actually utilize in our prayer lives. And then you get into a prayer practice. And I thought this was really interesting. Every day there's a practice or something specifically. It's kind of application, right? What about those? Um, I don't want you to give it all away but there were maybe a few of those that really you, you are unique as you came across them
0: man you, I don't I mean we try to keep them very uh doable do you know what I mean like I, I I've read some 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 things in this world that has prompts before and felt like I failed very quickly you know like three days into it I'm like oh I didn't do that you know like oh, I was supposed to was supposed to go five days without food that's kind of hard or whatever you know <laughs> not really we were, we were
1: joking when we said goodbye last night because we had a little bonfire and did yeah, marshmallows yeah. and and, and he feels like, all right, well, i uh, see you at 4.30 after my three hours of prayer. You know, it's like, and there can be that. That's kind of in our heads what we think prayer is, more so than Adam and Eve walking with God in the garden of the cool of the day, taking a walk with Jesus. Yeah, we you forget
0: know? how close Jesus came and wants to stay and just be our, he's a friend, sticks closer than a brother, and and uh, and to talk to him like that. Um, one of my, my favorite one, the thing that has impacted me the most in my prayer life, because i I'm, I'm so visual, and that's how I write songs. I imagine songs, even, even on what kind of stages and what moments of my church service is, or what areas can I, I need a song for this, and I'm so I'm very visual when I write. And, um, and so when I pray, I realize, why haven't I done this before? Um, some people call it like imaginative prayer or something like that, and maybe some of you do this, but I have started um, really imagining, and I never see his face. Well, ever since The Chosen, I kinda see his face. <laughs> um, but I never see his face, but i imagine I imagine uh, Jesus sitting I, It takes a second sometimes it takes sometimes it takes five minutes of quiet to get my mind to a place of like you 're with me and I, I imagine him sitting in the chair next to me or walking with me and uh, and I talk to him, and once that 's there in my mind and i 'm aware of his presence i 'm aware of his nearness um, because he is even though i 'm imagining some sandals come walk up and sit next to me you know um, that 's a little silly, I guess we say it out loud, but at the same time it really helps me. Uh, understand the reality is that he is he's right there and my prayers go from uh the like kind of the the, the boilerplate or, or like the lord bless this day and fulfill me with your spirit and the things that i, I say and I'm, I'm i'm i habitually say to like jesus like i'm so excited about the potential of what today holds walking with you and, and i and i want to i want to be that can you help me remember that you're right there all day and and i I want to walk with you and and uh, and so be with me God and and so like I, and then then it even turns to like remember yesterday, I say things like remember you know like remember yesterday how cool that was <laughs> talking to him like that you know it, it has really helped me helped me talk to him from my heart and hear from him uh too that I think that's even the biggest thing, not just my prayer my prayers, but also remembering since he's right there, I can like just uh the measure of prayer and also understanding that being like this, with knowing his nearness like this, for a long time sometimes, and knowing that he wants to speak to me. I think out of the whole, there's two or three things that really hit me out of this whole book. is I don't, I don't know why I never really believed it before or never really trusted him to be faithful to his promise like I do, do now, but that Jesus wants to speak to me. And God wants to speak to you. And, and not just, like, in a, in a metaphoric way, but, like, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You know, like, like, wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. And the power of waiting, the power of listening, and even though it's a tough practice sometimes, especially this day and age, um, especially with kids and job and all that, but five minutes, ten minutes, a 30-minute walk up the mountain just saying, God, I want you to speak to me. I tell you, like, Um, sometimes it's longer than others, sometimes it takes some patience, but I've never, he has never not been faithful to his promise that when I seek him, he will let me find him, and when I knock, the door will be open, and when I, you know, and and so that's been the sweetest thing, it's like, like letting Jesus, and this is a weird, I'm trying to think of what, letting God love me, you know, like, like in a a relational, letting him speak to me, um, I just, I just, Lord, that, that's the thing I miss the most now. When I, when I miss a few, and it's been busy, it's like, oh, I miss, I miss your voice, you know? And that, that's the cool thing. It's like prayers are, it's amazing to learn and grow in faith and deepen in faith, but I realize, oh, prayer is just the, it's, it's just as much listening as it is, as it is praying, you know? And uh, a conversation as much as it is like requests and thanksgiving, and so that, that I don't know if I spoke about a specific no, practice, did. but there, a lot of the practices, are are very simple. Take a take a fifteen minute walk today. Intentionally, st- take take the first seven to thank God and bl- and just spend some time thanking Him and ask Him to speak to you. And just take the next two minutes as you quietly walk. You know, It'd be something like that. You know, just fifteen minutes of your day and just see what He has to say for you today. And, and then maybe do it the next day. Maybe do it the next day in different ways. And so it's really easy prompts that I think are really um, are, are not are not big asks. Um, but they—they're they all designed to create a habit of being with God, of 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 trusting Him, of loving Him more. Because um, I, fi- I find, well, we could talk about this later, because we're going to get to Jesus later in the book. But that—that's that was my favorite part.
1: I love that, and I love the created the creativity. I literally, when I read, like, that you will literally picture sandals, and I, I don't know if Jesus is wearing Tevas or not, but... Um, <laughs> Probably now he would, this it's, day. It. It's the updated version, maybe Chocos. Um, but to think about, he literally is there, you know, and that's what the disciples experienced, and Jesus said, if I go, it's better for you. So, like, there's some sense in which he's, he's nearer to all of us than he was even physically with the disciples because he's in us, and that is a a really beautiful thought. And I think what you're, what you're doing is you're helping us, like, realize, not to gratuitously use one of your song titles, but this is our God. You know what I mean? It's not that image that we have of him that he's wanting to put a heavy burden. Jesus came to take burdens off, not put them on. So for prayer to become a heavy burden is for it to be what it was given to, to replace. Yep, yep. And I think you're, it's, it's like light bulb, this is our God. Yes. Like, the, this is our God. This is not the mean God. This is not the capricious God. This is the kind God who wants to love you.
0: Yeah, that's what I found um, was the biggest uh, shot of adrenaline, Shot the, the biggest um, shot in the arm to my prayer life was not actually um, being a more eloquent person of prayer or not being like, oh, I finally am a man of deep faith now, you know, or anything like that. The, the biggest... The biggest change in, in my life and growth came from not actually me speaking words to God, but it came from me um, having fresh, keeping a fresh view of who God is in my mind through the person of Jesus. And, and it says, as I got to Jesus in this, because it goes chronologically, all these stories that I, you start digging into, um, these, these way, in this way pray and, and make sure you forgive. And then you get to Jesus who... Who, who was the only one worthy to throw the stone at the adulterous woman with no sin. He's the one who forgave. And then you get to Jesus on the cross, like, you will see me one day in paradise. And over and over again, Jesus reaching out to the leper no one, who no one else would touch. And Jesus says, I will forgive you. I'll touch you. I'll heal you. You see the heart of God, this, 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 this merciful, kind, beautiful, um, hating hypocrisy and loving the poor and loving the needy and standing for righteousness and not being religious and to say, and when, when the religious leaders say, hey, how can you, how can you let your, your disciples pick, pick food on the Sabbath and, and all this wise? And Jesus says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Like, the Sabbath was not made. Uh, you, you were not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you so that you might know me, you know. And so as I know Jesus more and not religion and not like, okay, I've checked my box. I'm a prayer warrior now because I spent 30 minutes. It's not about that. It's about, okay, I, as I know the heart of Jesus more, then my, then I want to be with Him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then I, then I can, then I want to trust Him with my life. Then I come to Him and think like, oh, I can pray. The biggest prayers is when my neighbor. Uh, says, I just got diagnosed with cancer. I can I cannot be afraid. Like, I don't want to offend or I don't want to pray because what if nothing happens? It's like, no, Jesus says pray for healing and he will eventually heal in his, and anyone in Jesus will eventually be healed, whether here or heaven. You know, amen. Um, I, I can boldly pray and I can also boldly trust that his timing is perfect, that he hears my prayers. So this amazing idea like you can pray, ask God for anything and trust him with everything and in all the stuff we don't understand, still trust and be content. Like in Psalm 131 it says, I will not, I will not, we were just talking about this yesterday, I will not concern myself with these grand things that I don't understand. I will be like a a child weaned by its mother, just content in the arms of God and I'm going to be content knowing you are in control and so this idea of understanding you are sovereign, you are in control, but you're also so loving and you know what's best. And so when when i Put all those things together, I can come to you and just be and just be myself and just trust that you'll forgive me, trust that you hear my prayers, trust that you are working, trust that you know it's better, trust that you are good. And so, when we, uh, this is our God. Uh, so, there's a song, This Is Our God, that I have out. This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. Why don't, why don't, you, just, why
1: don't you just sing it? Why don't
0: you just sing okay, it? Okay. I okay. could tell you were getting all here. We are. Um. I'll do, I'll do it right here. All right. I find so much uh, about worship, too, uh, leading worship, writing worship songs. Uh, there's a lot of us that are meeting Jesus for the first time in rooms all over the place that I'm in, but many people I get to sing with are people who have known God and have relationships with, relationships with Him, and uh, so much about worship in the church is remembering, right? Reminding our soul who He is and what He's done, and uh, that's what this
2: song's all about. So, Remember those walls that we called sin and shame They were like prisons that we couldn't escape But he came and he died and he rose Those walls are rubble now Amen Remember those giants Remember those giants we called death and grave They were like mountains that stood in our way, but He came and He died and He rose. Those giants are dead now, yeah, they are. Let's sing about who He is today, Church. This is our God, and this is our God. This is who He is. He loves us, and this is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. our God King Jesus yeah remember that fear remember that fear that took our breath away faith so weak that we could barely pray but he heard every word every whisper thank you Jesus now those altars in the wilderness they tell the story of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail, and he never will. This is, this is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does saves us This is our God, this is who He is, He loves us, and this is our God, this is what He does, He saves us.
1: So, you're um, a father of four. And yeah. I'm curious, what has your journey of being a father taught you about the father? Like, what have you learned about prayer from re- your relationship with your, your four kids?
0: I mean, it's, it's kind of an ob- it's the obvious answer. Um, I will always love my kids. They will never do anything where I won't be, f- they can never do anything where I won't love them. I won't be fighting for them. I won't, want, I won't, I will always want what's best for them. Uh, and then when you apply that to a God who knows the future, who knows the past, he has all wisdom and knowledge, so much power he can light a universe on stars off on fire. I mean, he can do all things. He knows all things. And he loves us beyond the, the, the distance of the heavens, it says, more than the stars in the skies, how he's thinking about us and the sands on every seashore of the world. Those are his thoughts towards us. That's how much he's aware of us. And the number of hairs in our head. Okay, if you put all that together... And if I love my kids in a way, well, I will always love them. Obviously, I get impatient. Obviously, I, there's moments I lay in bed thinking, "Oh, I wish I would have done that differently," you know. Um, but he never does. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, if you apply that kind of father's heart to us, it's like, wow, I really, um, I would, I would say, I'm gonna add a little. I would say the, the biggest thing that keeps me from an intimate relationship with God is my own sense. As as sh- as anytime shame creeps in, the lies of the devil. Um, and it's so obvious. I have heard this my whole life. I grew up in youth group. Like, he forgives. His grace is sufficient. All that stuff. But when moments is like, man, I, I I'm kind of live. I, I did this the other day. Or I'm living in that. I just, I just need a couple days without that. I need a, need a couple days of being a good husband. A couple, a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, into church, and then I'll be back where we were. And 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 just when I, that and that is such a false view of the father. But who is, We got the perfect view of the father in the story of the prodigal son, right? The Father. Any time we turn to go our own way, every time He's out on the porch, out on the steps, with His hands over His His eye, just looking over the horizon. When is my son? When is my daughter coming back? I will. I will meet them right when they right when they turn. And, any shame? Any any past? What I, He He? The Father doesn't even bring up. Any, all He does is rejoice that the son, that the child is home. And so wherever you might be, um, maybe you're a prodigal. That has never—you've never lived in the home, you've never lived in the father's house, and and, and you, you've always kind of been on the outside. And you see people lifting their hands in church, or you've never even been a church person before. Whether you're watching in another online or at another campus. Um, the Father you—the father is waiting, and your whole life has been pursuing you with his love and has such an amazing story for your life and is waiting to wrap his arms around you and, and to call you one of his own and, 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 to, and to call you into the family and rejoice over you and, not, not, and forget your sin. He chooses to forget your sin, and he paid the price for it all so that you might know freedom and you might know life. But to know all those things, you have to be in the arms of the Father, right? Amen. Amen. Um,
1: we're kind of winding down a little bit here, but I did want to ask, you know, the book's been out for a minute. It was 40 days, so obviously there's been time for people to have journeyed through all the 40 days. And I'm sure there's been some, it, it is a little bit of infuriating when you send a book out, because it's like putting a message in a bottle and sending it into the ocean. You're kind of like standing there like waiting, like, are people reading it yet? Is this helping anybody yet, right? But you've now had some time for it to, to have, get into people's hands. Do you have any stories or, or maybe uh, real-life examples of people who have let you know how it's helped them in ways that have surprised you?
0: Um, I think, honestly, I, I, I fought so much at the same time of enjoying and growing. I fought so much insecurity of putting out a book. You know, like I'm just, I'm like, I'm, cause I, cause I've grown. I don't want to say secure, but I've grown. I know how to put out music. I'm just about to put out my tenth album. And um, they've all been great. Uh, well, <laughs> and, and by it, the
1: way. Two weeks from now, your brand new album's coming out, right?
0: Yeah, a couple of weeks. It's called I Believe. A few songs. This Is Our God is was the first song released off that album. But the whole album comes out August 18th. Can't wait. 16 tracks. 14. But 14 I'd say tracks. 16. 16 sounds great. Who's
1: counting? Yeah. You uh, let us listen to it yesterday, and it is so beautiful. There's... Thanks. Uh, song number nine. This can, we can't wait to introduce song number nine awesome. in our church I love community. It. I love it. Um, it's so good, so good. So thank you for that. But um, could you tell us about uh, maybe some of the stories?
0: Oh yeah. Um, and so, honestly, for me, it's there have been big, bigger stories of man. We prayed for healing, and this gave us the faith, and it was amazing. And Matt walking us through moments of cancer, moments of sickness, and, and that's been, those are incredible. Um, but I would say the ones that hit my heart the most are. Um, I specifically remember one. I said I've never. I've all, I've been praying. Uh, I've been praying for my husband um, for our whole life. He does. He never know the Lord, and and we've started reading this book together. And and just last night, it was the first time we held hands. And i mean, it's making me cry. The first time we held hands and prayed together. Or I gave this to my dad. And he's not a praying dad, and he asked. and and, and he asked if he could start coming to our church. It's those little those little stories of like husband and wives praying together for the first time, families reading it together. And so we never even thought to make this a part of our life. And it's been amazing. Oh, God has moved in our marriage or moved in our family. And so I think it's the day-to-day stuff where I'm picturing. So I started like I was secure, insecure this whole this whole time writing this book in a way. And, uh, and so to get any response of like positivity was like, this is amazing, you know? Like uh, someone actually knows it exists. This is incredible. And so it's then to... Go, go further, of like, this, is be, this has become a part of my life, and I've, I'm on my third read through it. I've never known I could know God like this. Um, some people, not that, some people are part of churches, like, I've gone to church my whole life, but I never knew I could know God like this. I think those kind of prayers or those kind of messages have been, like, the most incredible to me. Uh, I don't know why, I just feel, maybe it's because how God, I, I relate to those kind of things in the sense that, like, this book didn't come from, you know, I didn't go on some trip to the andes mountains and backpack for two months and write book. but it just came from a simple yearning to like i want to know you more god uh, and and to, to for people to come on that journey with me of like i think i i know god more and i'm praying with faith more and i never knew i could know jesus like this and i thought i was doing everything right and maybe i was according to this rule and that rule but i but i never really let god speak to me i never talked to him like a friend i never knew i could and um, even, um, oh, sorry if you're watching Joey, my neighbor Joey, um, it's, it's been the best. Um, um, Joey grew up in the Catholic Church and he's he's always had faith in God, um, but he, he'll send me screenshots of like just read day fifteen and like bro like I like I can never know a guy like this. So Joey, thank you for encouraging me with your with your with your stories too, and so stuff like that, you know, just it's a, it's the biggest blessing.
1: Um, we wanna thank you. We wanna thank you as a church community for the book. Um, I hope everybody will get on our knees. Uh inspired by the song Battle Belongs 40 Days to Living Boldly in Prayer by Phil Wickham with Matt Litton. Uh you have a tour coming up. You and Brandon Lake are going out on the road together. Kind of like the that's like the Mighty Ducks Bash Brothers a little bit. You two. We're gonna need to send a chaperone, I think. Um and uh, you were at Movement Conference last year. You you are year one. That was so special. It's amazing!
0: What an amazing time. You and Tebow. Uh, oh, I love that guy. I mean, Tebow's the best. He's the best. Uh, and then this year we got Brandon Lake coming. You better all be there because Brandon Brandon brings the praise party every time. Yeah, he's amazing. It's uh, we need to wrap stuff in bubble wrap for Brandon Lake coming out. He's be, whoever's close to the stage. Just keep your hands up in worship, but also keep your hands because he might do a stage dive.
1: Yeah. One can never know with Senior Lake. Uh, you, guys, you guys are going to have so much fun. We believe God will bless you. So all around the country, uh, you can, if you get tickets uh, for Summer Worship Nights uh, Tour. Summer, yeah, because you
0: own SummerWorshipNights.com. Worship dot com, yeah. We probably asked if we could have, and you're yeah. like, no, that's too good. Yeah, that's ours. Give it to you. Yeah, it's what so it is. we have Summer, w- summer Worship Nights yeah. um, Five or six of them have sold out. Uh, we'll be everywhere from Newark all the way to my hometown in San Diego. So Texas, Florida. We're not coming up to Montana, sadly, but Lake is next week.
1: We're kind of getting our own summer worship nights. Yeah. And and we're going to get you back at Movement Conference, I'm sure, right?
0: I mean, it's up to you. Well,
1: (laughs) I think think the people will want it. I think that's what I'm saying. And you know you you can't you're not getting rid of us. We you you have this church community believing in you because we know your heart, Phil. You know, and we've we've been so blessed by you over the years. And we're just grateful that we get to be encouraged in our devotional life. And what a good tool for someone who to just get in the hands of someone graduating high school or you know kind of at a shaky spot, like you said, or wanting to explore prayer. And it's it does not come across pompous. It doesn't come across stained glass. It comes across like you've discovered. A big patch of huckleberries, and you're saying, "Hey, come on, d- come sit
0: with me in this bush.
1: Let's pick some huckleberries, talk to Jesus." Which Phil ate his very first huckleberry ever I in did. the wild. Yeah, we we went up. What what mount Big uh, mountain? What mountain is We though? don't ever tell where we hike or where we pick. Oh, I so, do. Uh, <laughs> it's my first summit. No, it's I'm like everybody. It's like when we when when our friend caught that fish, and I said, "What did you use?" And he said, "The end of my rod," oh, because yeah, yeah. it's like. You know what I mean? Trade secret and all that. I see. I see. Uh, people here are salty about everyone in the world coming and destroying all the
0: goodness. So you know. Okay. 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 Yeah. I actually get that.
1: You have to have a sweet spirit about it, though. Right. right. Um, this is the Jesus way. Sweet <laughs> spirit. Jesus way. It's one of your songs. I'm just yeah, yeah. keep working them all in. Thank there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. S- stop. Okay. Could you help me thank Phil Wickham for being with us today. What a joy. The book. On our knees. 40 Days to Living Boldly in Prayer. Get your copy. Uh, buy it for a friend. This is not that book that you think about prayer that's going to make you feel bad. This is going to lift you. This is going to encourage you. It's going to point you in that direction. It's going to give you a template to grow in. And then uh, buy it for a friend. Um, there's lots of note places to write your own notes and all that. It's really cool. So thank you for taking the step of faith to do that. Thank you, guys. Um, I do want to just, just give us space and time. And, and and if you don't mind just kind of playing, you do such a good job with all that yeah. in just a minute here. But, but Phil, if you could just like... Um, you can close your eyes, you can quiet your hearts. One of the practices in the book that I've loved is you talk about just kind of being still, kind of being, being quiet before God, not being in such a rush. We so rarely have stillness because the TV's on or the iPod's going, whatever is happening. And, and I just thought you could just guide us through just a little me- guided meditation, just stilling our hearts before God.
0: Thank you, God hey, let's just be quiet for a little bit and uh, just ask God in your heart to make his presence known to you, that he'd open the eyes of your heart to his nearness, that he's with you. One of the simplest, most, most, most profound things of the whole journey of writing this book is realizing, oh yeah, God hears and he answers, and he wants to speak. So God, we open ourselves to you, Lord, just even in this moment. Holy Spirit. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Phil, I feel that Maybe there's someone listening. I don't know if they're at a location or watching on the Pando app or online, but someone has this week said they just feel like there's just dark clouds over them. Everywhere they go, there's just dark clouds gathering over them. But I just sense that the Holy Spirit wants to show that, that, that God's with them and mm-hmm. near to them. Could, could you give language, maybe just pray over that person mm-hmm. who feels like there's just dark clouds over them?
0: So, Father, as we sit here in stillness, Holy Spirit, as we come to you, invite you into our stories and our lives, Lord, we just first take a moment and remember who you are. We Remember your heart. Jesus, I immediately think of the leper crying out to be saved and what he must be going through excommunicated from society on his way to dying, horrible disease. No one would touch him. No one would look at him, considered unclean by everyone. The cleanest, the most holy, the beautiful Jesus, God incarnate, was the one who met him right where he was at and touched him, and he was cleansed. I think of the, the woman caught in an act of sin, The religious leaders trying to catch you, Jesus, and in a moment, should we stone this woman? That's what the Bible, that's what the law says. And Jesus, you being the only one worthy without sin to cast a stone, you did not cast a stone, but you forgave and you set free. Lord, I think of the man on the cross. Knowing full well he deserved his punishment but also acknowledging who you were, Jesus, saying, would you remember me in paradise? And Jesus turns to him, turns to this man who's checked not one holy box, not in a church, dying for his sins, turn to him and say, today, for sure, surely today you will be with me in paradise. And we just see your heart over and over and over again, and that's why we come to you, God, and we, we pray that you would reveal your heart like yourself to the people that are hurting in this room and watching. I pray that you would reveal your character and your love. You are the God who waits on the porch for the prodigal to return and runs out on the road to meet. Lord, you are the God who sets free. You are the God who meets the apostles in the prison and shakes prison walls. You are the God who walks through the wilderness. And you are the God we can come to and is not some distant, transcendent, holy being that, that's that's hard to comprehend, but you made us easy to comprehend because you became one of us, Lord. And so I pray, Jesus, that a fresh reality, fresh vision, fresh revelation of who you are and your love would flood all those hurting, all those going through darkness, all those going through anxiety, Lord. Because I believe a life of prayer, a life of surrender, it, it starts with a fresh revelation of you, Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We praise you for for sins forgiven. We thank you for the grave. We praise you for death defeated. And Lord, I pray that this victory that you have won, Lord, that all the lies that are trying to cloud um, that cloud the truth, Lord, I pray that this victory that you will won, the ultimate truth, Lord, the truth that sets people free, that Jesus is king, that sins have been forgiven, that there is an open door for all who would call upon the name of Jesus, Lord, would just override all darkness, all clouds Lord and that you would replace clouds with light that you would replace anxiety with peace even in this moment God that you would replace brokenness with healing that you would replace condemnation Lord which just in knowing that they are people are fully welcomed in your presence Lord. they're fully welcomed by your grace Lord I thank you so much for loving us to a point we can never understand and may that love draw us ever closer to you as we meditate on it and think on it lord jesus we love you we worship you god you're so worthy in jesus name amen yeah as we just stay in this posture of
1: prayer for a moment i'm going to invite phil to to play a little and our team's going to come as we begin to conclude our our gathering but i want to invite someone who's come in today maybe at the invitation of a friend or maybe you've been to church many times maybe it's been a long time But if you've never trusted Christ for salvation, we never would close out a a time together without giving space for people to receive salvation. And we don't take it for granted that everybody here has come into contact with life in a way that has changed you forever. We all have an appointment with the grave. It is appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. And the Bible is clear that only those in Christ have safety, have harbor, have, have rescue. And that's what Jesus wants for you. And if you're here today and you don't have Jesus living inside of you, he says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you open the door, I will come in. And you might feel like you've done so many bad things and you've been out of God's love for so long. and No way he could forgive you. But God speaks a better word over you. Because of the cross, the power of the empty tomb, he could save you today. He'll ride into your heart, making the, the wind of this world his, his wings that come into your life and save you and change you. But you have to accept that grace. So I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to say it one phrase at a time. And if you would like to use this as your moment, based on the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God, that third person of the Trinity, who today is pleading with you, pulling at your heart, pulling through your guilt, pulling through that sense of emptiness in this world, you could today be a child of the King. I want you to pray this, believing it in your heart, speaking it with your lips. I'm going to ask the church family to to stand with you, confess this with you. It's a holy moment. I want no one shifting or moving around. I want you to just respect the power of someone coming into the kingdom. This is a birth moment. And as you speak this to God, know that he hears your cry today. Say this to him, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I can't fix myself. I can't rehabilitate myself. Today, I accept your love, that the death of Jesus was necessary. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the resurrection and your power over the grave. Today, I join the hymn of heaven. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. Now, with head still bowed and eyes still closed, if you just prayed that prayer, there's power in a moment to nail it down. Our hands are symbols of our souls. And when we raise up hands, we're raising up our hearts, our souls to God. So I'm going to ask that all those of you who made today a commitment or a recommitment of your life to God, that when I count to three, you would shoot your hand up in the air, right there where you are, Church Online, right there listening on Spotify. This is God's with you in wherever you are. So as you raise your hand up, you're saying, yes, this is me. This is real. I'm a child of the King. One two, three, shoot your hands up, shoot your hands up, praise God, praise God, praise God all across our church, all across all the states, we're with you, we're for you, and we're going to sing out together, so let's all jump up to our feet, and let's sing it out, come on, the hymn of heaven is our song, let's lift up the name of Jesus, church, come on, sing it out.